0: out that gun, marches over to her car, taps the window. Those two men look up, and she said, get out and get out now. Well, those two guys, they turned as white as a sheet, and, and they ran. They skedaddled. She proceeded to put her packages in the car. She got behind the steering wheel, and immediately she started having a problem, because The key would go in, but it wouldn't turn. And she tried and tried, and she started to say, well, they probably uh, damaged my ignition as they were trying to jimmy the key. But then she looked up, and she saw a car identical to the one that she was sitting in, just one row over from where she was. That was her car. She was in the wrong car. That car belonged to those two men. You know, sometimes it's hard to identify your car, especially if you've got a, a, a popular make in a, in a common color. It can be hard to identify that car. Likewise, sometimes it's hard to identify the Christian in the world. I believe adversity I believe adversity often brings out <clears throat> a person's real identity. This is a time when as Christians we should shine like stars in a dark world. This is a time during this crisis that we need to step up and make a difference to the world around us. Question, what does a Christian do during difficult times? Let's read. Beginning in verse 4, notice a word that keeps on popping up as Jesus speaks. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine." Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me. He is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burn. If you abide, have you caught on to the word yet? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask. Go ahead and ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit. You bear much fruit. And so what do? And so prove to be my disciples. How do you identify the Christian? Well, the Christian is that person that's bearing fruit. Real Christians bear fruit. You can see it in our lives the way we tackle things, our outlook, our approach. You can see it in our demonstrated life, even, yes, even during difficult times. In order to bear fruit, even in times of adversity, you must abide in Christ. Jesus chose his words wisely. Abide in Christ. Me, is what he said. God, God the Father, is the gardener. Jesus the Son is the vine, and His followers are the branches. And he prunes the passage that Billy read, verse 2. So why? That we may bear much fruit. And what is the result? Verse 5, much fruit. Pruning. We're not exempt from suffering and pain, even during this current time period. But God can use any situation, yes, even the current situation, God can use painful pruning to make you and me even more fruitful. So what must we do? We must trust our God, the heavenly gardener, In this time, now, maybe at this exact moment, you're not fruitful. Maybe it's because you're in a a dark place and uh, you're confused, you're worried, you're baffled. Please be assured of this. If you remain connected to Him, God will never throw you away. God never walks away. It's you and I that sometimes elect to do that. But what happens if you're not connected? If you're not connected to the vine, if you have no relationship with Jesus, verse verse 6 says what? He throws you away. He considers you useless for His purposes, good only for the burn pile. So it is imperative. It is imperative that we stay connected to the vine. Remain close to Christ. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments. And abide in his love. A few years ago, I was in Denver and I was passing through the airport and I noticed a, a sign, a sign advertising a, a school, a school to learn how to ski. Now, you would expect to see signs like that in Colorado. There's a lot of skiing that is done in Colorado, but this sign was unique because it was advertising a school for blind skiers. And I thought to myself, blind skiers? People who are blind? How, how could they learn how to ski? So I did some research. Here's what I found. It is a school, and they do only teach blind people. It's one coach and one student, one-on-one. The blind student learns to trust the coach, and learns to stay close to his coach, stay connected to that coach. And if the coach says, turn right, you turn right. If he says, turn left, you turn left. And a blind person can actually learn how to ski. I think so often in life, we're blind not knowing which way to turn, especially in times like these. So what must we do? Stay close to the instructor. As a result, you'll be blessed instead of stressed. Notice verse number 7. God, what does God do for you? God will answer your prayers, and you'll find real joy even in the face of adversity. As I've been talking about on the message of hope, what is joy? Joy is the assurance of God's love. Joy is the assurance of God's promises. And joy is the assurance that God will never leave us. Verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. We find full joy when we abide in Christ. A preacher decided he needed to lose some weight. I can relate to that. So he decided to take up the bicycle as exercise. So he bought a simple bicycle and he was out riding his bicycle, enjoying God's created nature. And one of his friends, a church member, saw him and said, Hey, guy, you, you need a few things. You, you need a gauge to tell you how many calories you're burning. And also, you need a gauge to tell you how far you've been. And, and, and then you need a gauge to uh, tell you how fast you're going. And, and he named about uh, half a dozen different gauges that the preacher needed. So the preacher, being somewhat gullible, as we often are, uh, he went out and bought all those gauges. And now he's got a simple bicycle just full of gauges. And as he would go out, he would pay attention to the gauges and not pay attention to the world around him. Until one day he was actually attending a conference, and he decided he wanted to go out on a bicycle run. He borrowed a bicycle from a friend that lived there, and it was a simple bicycle. And he got on that bicycle, and he started pedaling around, and he started looking around, and lo and behold... It was a joy again, because he wasn't looking at all the gauges. He was looking around at what God had blessed him with. You see, I think so often in our, in our life, all too often, we focus on the gauges of success, and we miss out on the joy of the real Christian life. We get so wrapped up in in all the things going on around us and, and having to want this and get this and possess that and buy this that we miss out. I think there's been one major benefit from this slowdown that we're in right now. And that is I believe we're taking time for each other. We're taking time for our family. We're we're spending more time together and we are discovering the joy of just looking around and seeing what God has blessed us with. Let me urge you to abide in Christ. Experience the joy of a fruitful and productive life. Abide in Christ first, then with His life flowing through you, abound in love. Verse 12, this is my commandment. Once again, notice a word that keeps on popping up. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. Have you already guessed the word? It's, the word is love, but there's going to be a second word too. The first word is love. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servant, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I call you friends, love and friends. I called you friends, for all that I've heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Love, friends, Jesus wants us to love each other as friends. Because that's the way he loved us. Not as a master and servant, but as friends. In fact, the word here that's translated friends, it can be used also to describe the inner circle of people connected to a king. They were called the friends of the king. Well, we are friends with the king. Many years ago, it was quite common to see uh, mobile zoos going around small towns. This would be an 18-wheeler that would uh, come and park on a large parking lot. It would pop out the sides of the trailer to expand, and, and people, children could go and look at the animals. One such 18-wheeler pulled into a town, and, and a man uh, was going to go shopping, needed to go to the hardware store. And his two little kids, a daughter named Susie and her little brother named Billy, they saw the mobile zoo. They said, Daddy, can, can we go to, to the zoo? And the father looked up, and there's a sign on the side of the trailer there that said 50 cents. He said, sure, go and look at the animals and I'll be in the hardware store and when you're through, come to me. And he gave them each 50 cents. Knowing that probably he would have to go and drag them out of the mobile zoo because they would just stay there and wouldn't leave. He was surprised in a few moments that he looked up and there was his daughter, Susie, standing next to him in the store. And he said, "Well, didn't you want to go and see the animals? She said, yes, Daddy, I did. But uh, 50 cents only got you to go to the zoo. It took another 50 cents to be able to pet the animals. And you know how Billy loves to pet animals. So I gave him my 50 cents. What is that? That's sacrificial love. That's... Agape love. Just a small sampling of it, but it is agape love. It's giving up. It's sacrificial love. We are to abound in sacrificial love. We are to love each other. If you're a genuine follower of Christ, and you abide in Christ, Then with His life flowing through you, you abound in love, that sacrificial love for each other. Then what? You advance in power. We become an effective witness for the Christ. People see Jesus through our actions. A living testimony for Christ is the greatest testimony you can have. Look at verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of this world, but I chose you out of this world, therefore the world hates you. They hated Jesus, and they'll hate his followers as well. Back on March the 27th, an article appeared by New York Times writer Catherine Stewart. And it was so vicious, so hateful, because in this article she blamed the current crisis on Christians. She said it was our fault this has happened to the world. Was I surprised by her article? Actually, not, because she's of the world. Opposition is a fact. The Christian who is not conscious of being opposed had better watch out, because that Christian is in danger. We will be opposed. That is true. The world, the world hates genuine followers of Christ. But genuine followers of Christ do not hate the people in the world. No, we want to reach out to them. We want to help them. We want to show them the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. Verse 26 But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness. Circle that word, bear witness, about me. And you also will bear witness. Again, circle that phrase. Because you have been with me from the beginning. Bear witness is actually one word in the Greek there. It's a Greek word, Martyrio. It's the same word that we get the word martyr from. Yes, martyr. We bear witness even to the point of opposition, and in some cases in history, to the point of giving up our lives. But we're not alone. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, is with us. So even in the face of opposition, we don't have to be afraid. We can still let our light shine. I've got to tell you a true story. I have established a, an email address just for questions from the online classes. Preacher Michael Cox at Hotmail.com And one person wrote to me with some questions, and uh, I could tell that she was a seeker. But I didn't know her. I I really did not know this person. So in one of my correspondence to her, I said, I'm just curious, how, how did you find us? She found us by a share that one of our members had made of Billy's class. She is very interested. I've already contacted a friend of mine in the city that uh, where she lives. She gave me permission to share her name and address and, and he's going to complete that study. And I think very likely we'll have a new Christian there. How did that all start? It started because one of you shared it shared Billy's class, and she happened to see it and watched. It's important to do what we can. And right now, one of the easiest things you can do is to share our classes. Billy and Tim have been doing an awesome job. I'm the weak link, but I'm in there too. And, And share those classes because you never know you could have the next person that watches because of your share and is influenced for the cause of Christ. That's what genuine followers of Christ do. Even in difficult times, they abide in Christ, we abound in love, we advance with power, and you do the same and prove to be a genuine follower of Christ. Several years ago, a farmer, an old farmer up in northwest Arkansas, he was out to walk in his grounds, out in the woods, and he saw a baby eagle on the ground. Clearly, the eagle was hurt, damaged, abandoned. He scooped up that eagle, took the eagle home, and started to try to nursemaid the eagle back to health. Well, he did so, and he had an idea. He, he had an old hen. She was a good mother hen. He wondered, I wonder if I put this eagle out there, this little baby eagle out there in the chicken, with the chickens, with this, with this mother hen. Would this mother hen maybe adopt the eagle? Lo and behold, that mother hen did and started taking care of that baby eagle. Well, the baby eagle was living with the chickens. The baby eagle was acting like a chicken as much as possible. One day, the the game warden, who was a good buddy of the old farmer's son, dropped by and he looked up and he couldn't believe it. There was a baby eagle, a young eagle, in the chicken coop with the chickens. He asked about it. The farmer told the story, and the game board said, you can't keep an eagle, that's against the law, you can't do that. So the farmer said, well, I didn't know, will you take him? So he did. He took that young eagle up to the top of one of the summits there in northwest Arkansas. He took that young eagle, and he thought, well, I don't know if this will work, but I'm going to give it a try. He took that young eagle, and with all his might, he threw the eagle up into the air. The eagle at first struggled. The eagle was falling pretty fast. But then the wings spread out. And a gust of wind came about, and and the eagle was caught on that gust of wind and was lifted up. And in a few moments, that eagle, that young eagle, was soaring in the sky. My friends, as followers of Christ in these difficult days, don't forget who you are. You're an eagle. Don't be content with the food of chickens any longer. Instead, look to the Son of God. Stretch forth your wings and fly. Because we were born to fly, to soar with the King. Could we help you in some way? To our online audience, can we help you in some way? Let me remind you what it takes to become a Christian. It takes faith, We must believe, John 8, 24. We must repent, Luke 13, 3. We must confess, Matthew 10, 32, and we must be baptized, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. As a Christian, as a Christian. Do we need to seek his forgiveness? Have we been content to be down with the chickens when we should be soaring with the eagles? God will forgive us, 1 John 1, 9. The church wants to pray with you, James five sixteen. This morning, to our online audience, if we could help you in some way, please contact us. To those of us here, can we help you? Billy is going to be down here with me. We're waiting for you to make that decision while we stand and sing for your encouragement.